Welcome to our analysis of the latest MotoGP news that Yamaha engines in the works Monster Yamaha team with Rossi and Vinales and the Petrona squad with Quattararo and Morbidelli have not been to similar spec all the way through this 2020 season. The five engines that they are allowed to use throughout the year have been found to have had different valves over the sample engine offered up by Yamaha at the start of the year. Yamaha's two teams have been docked points in the Manufacturers and Teams Championship accordingly, but controversially not their four riders, three of whom are second, third and fourth in the title hunt, and any of whom could easily win this championship with a following wind. Toby Moody here with Simon Patterson, who is on the ground in Valencia. And also we've got MotoGP technical specialist Neil Spaulding joining us too. It's Friday night. We've had the first day of practice for Valencia 1. And this is where things stand at the moment. Simon, you're on the ground there. What's the whirlwind going on in Valencia at the moment? So it seems from what we can tell and from the rather limited information we've been given, I'll be honest, that what has happened is Yamaha somehow ended up with two sets of engines. They had the three engines, in, well, we'll call them engines three, four, and five. And they had the sample engine, which goes to the FIM ERTA at the start of the season as the control sample. All of them were the same. But two engines per rider that they used at the opening round of the championship in Jerez was different because it had slightly different valves made by a different manufacturer that for all intents and purposes looked the same, weighed the same, felt the same, but were made of a different metal, a slightly different metal, it seems, were raced, which means those engines didn't meet the specifications and subsequently means that the teams were, and the manufacturer were docked quite a severe amount of points yesterday. Now, what it doesn't mean is, like you say, that the riders have been ducked any points and there's been quite a bit of consternation this evening in the paddock about exactly why the riders weren't docked points whenever the manufacturer was, because it's kind of all linked together, isn't it? It seems like there was a, an MSMA meeting, which is the six manufacturers, like they all get together yesterday before the FIM stewards had their meeting. And they decided that because there was a sufficiently severe punishment coming in the form of point stocking, that they would sign a gentleman's agreement that they wouldn't protest the results so that essentially we didn't decide the 2020 MotoGP championship in a courtroom in December. Now, what has since happened is that a few of the manufacturers that we've spoken to this afternoon have been not too happy about the actual penalties handed down. They were expecting to see the riders docked as well. They were expecting to see themselves a little bit further ahead in the championship than they actually are. And it's turned into really a complete and utter mess. So uh, the political kind of conspiracist might say, has there been an unofficial protest coming off the back of Yamaha winning six Grand Prix this year, including the last one brilliantly by, by Morbidelli? Has there been some kind of shenanigans going on between the trucks and going up to the stewards room that has caused this kind of protest, even though there wasn't official protest to, to happen? The, a lot of people have been asking why this has taken so long. Well, I think the reason that it's taken so long is that other teams have been watching Yamahas that had engines blowing up left, right and centre at round one, now do 
double their expected mileage with no problems and have started to say, wait a minute, how come those engines that were so fragile at the start of the year are now suddenly so robust? Just to give you a quick example, Fabio Quattararo used four engines in just Jerez 1 and 2. That's two race weekends. Vinales uh, has actually now used his sixth engine as of Friday, Valencia 1. So he will start from the pit lane come Sunday. And he actually used all five engines over Jerez 1 and Jerez 2 weekends. Morbid Delhi, he lost an engine after Jerez 2. but his number five engine has done six Grand Prix. Neil, these are stats, these are numbers, these are technical mileages on engines we've never seen before. And and that's been a flag that's been flagged up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to me, we've got to divvy this up. in From a technical perspective, there are three basic sections to this story. There's how did Yamaha get in this problem in the first place? And was it an error? Was it an an attempt to seek additional performance um, or whatever? The second bit is, how have they managed to get through to now with far less engines available than anywhere else? And then the third thing is, what do we do now about it? So first bit, I'm, I'm fairly happy with the story that they weren't looking for performance. They just used two different suppliers. They sent out uh, specification sheets and somebody built something at a lesser specification. Whether they realized that and had time to change things uh, after Hereth 1, or whether they had built engines 3, 4, and, sorry, f- 4, 5, and 6 already with different valves, we will probably never know. And actually, it's fairly academic. Section 2 is how do they get here? I mean, they've got here with careful modification of the engine's power output, the way that the power is applied, the way the ignition advance is set in, the amount of RPMs they're allowed to do. They've done a fantastic job. I don't think any MotoGP engine has ever done this sort of mileage before, and you've really got to take their hat off to their engineers. But on the flip side of the coin, we appear to have been presented again with a secondary rulebook, a, a, a protocol rulebook, uh, a series of explanations of what's behind the rules. If you remember, we had this when we started talking about wings attached to swing arms and whether they were tire cooling devices or not. And it doesn't seem correct to me that there should be a second rulebook that is not publicly available. If it's worthy of being used in a legislative capacity, it should be open to everybody to see. A, and B, because they've got this secondary rule book, we appear to be kicking people out of points on the team's championship, the manufacturer's championship, but funnily enough, not the rider's championship. And I think the second that you've gone, how should you put it, gone legal, you need to be legal and consistent. So I, I think it's rather unfortunate that we've got here, to put it mildly, but I think somebody somewhere is going to have to change something pretty quickly or we will end up in that pro- in that courtroom. It's a bit like if I got caught for speeding on the public highway and the penalty was, oh, well, we, re- we reduced the power of your car by 40 horsepower, but we won't, we'll let you off the points. I mean, that's the same kind of parallel, isn't it, Simon? It's also worth throwing out there that this is not 
something that we've seen limited to technical issues this year because at the last round, they introduced an entirely new penalty point system for Moto3 riders cruising during uh, racing line that hasn't been written into the rulebook and that only applies to the Moto3 class, not to Moto2 and MotoGP. To pick up on Neil's second point about uh, the political ramifications of this, we spoke this afternoon with Ducati boss Paolo Ciabatti. Now, as both of you will well know, and as anyone who has spoken to Paolo or has listened to him speak on TV will know, he's a very eloquent man. He is not afraid to speak to the media. He's not afraid to speak his mind. One of my fellow journalists asked, is this a political, do you believe that this was a political decision? He looked at him and he said, yes. The teams are not happy about this. Now, you also spoke to Davide Brivio, Suzuki, leading the yeah. World Championship with Juan Mir. What was his take this afternoon? Well, we've spoken at length on the race, both on the podcast and the website, about Suzuki's entire mentality, about how it blends Japanese and Italian, and about how you know it's almost like a family team. He brought that attitude to it today. He said, we don't want to appeal. We want to win the championship in merit. We're going to do this the right way. We're not going to have our title hopes decided by a rule book. But if Yamaha win this championship, there will be a shadow over the championship. There will be an asterisk next to it forevermore in the rule book, strongly impl implying that Yamaha won this championship. Well, it's, 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 you know, Whenever you delve into it, it's simple. Yamaha won a race this year at the start of the championship with an illegal engine. I'll, I'll go along with that. It, it's um, it's a really difficult situation that the, both the organizers, the factories, Yamaha, everybody is in. But if you have a rule book, it has to be interpreted pretty black and white. Otherwise, there's no point in having it. And I personally think this is the time we need to sit down and take a long, hard look at this frozen engine design rule, because I don't think you can control it. Unless you take every engine apart and check the metallurgy and the coatings and everything else, you're, you're relying on everybody's goodwill that what they are saying is what they're doing. I would suggest the best thing we could do is reduce the number of engines slightly. Yamaha have proven that there's a certain degree of leeway in the design. And we open up the design. It, we need to make it less of a penalty for somebody making a mistake. We need to make it easier for factories to go racing, not harder. The last thing we want coming out of this is somebody at the very top of one of the major racing organizations turning around to his troops and saying, guys, remind me why we're doing this. It has to be a good thing for them to do. We've got to make this less of a penalty. That is something that was raised this afternoon by Davide Brivio, because obviously Yamaha, or sorry, Suzuki, found themselves in this exact situation in 2017. The, both the riders were injured in testing. They went the wrong way with the crankshaft. The engine was sealed. They suffered for an entire season. His solution, as did Yamaha the year after and Honda the year before, and and we're not in that world anymore. Yeah, and and his solution, his sort of eloquent halfway solution was: let us have two different batches of engines. Let us have batch one for the first half of the season, and then let us make a change for the second half of the season. So at least you're only penalised for half a year. I would just dump the whole thing and say you've instead of the current seven engines for a year, you've got six or even five. Uh, but you can do what you like because you've got much less fat in which to take a risk then. 
you've got less engines, so there's less cost, and we can probably take a third of the paperwork out of the rule book instead of, if we keep going down the path we're going, doubling the size of it, which is what we're about to do. There is still as good as 20% of this championship still to run. We get to Valencia and the seasoned old journos that we are, we go, oh, it's the last race. We've only got one to go. We've got two Valencias and one Portugal. And by the way, big question mark over Portugal after the Portuguese government said, right, no spectators going to Porto Mayo. And two full weeks from now is a very, very long time away in COVID world in Europe at the moment. So there is still a long way to go. It will only take a bit of bad luck for Juan Mir, even more bad luck like he had at the beginning of the season, to to befall him at two Valencias. And all of a sudden, a Yamaha could be leading. And what a kerfuffle. The thing that struck me last night, Thursday, when I received the, the emails from the FIM and Dorna and such like was... I really do hope we are not going down a slippery slope, as you said earlier, Simon, of of having a court case in Switzerland in, in middle of December and it drags on for hours and months and weeks. And I'd really that's not MotoGP. That is everything that MotoGP is not. This needs to get resolved as quick as possible. So let's hope that some people can learn some lessons pretty quickly. Do you think that they will, Simon? Uh to be honest, no. Because this isn't the first time we found ourselves in a similar situation. As Neil alluded to, uh, the start of last year, you know, we spent days waiting to see who would win the opening race of the year in court after Ducati's uh, spoon device was protested and all that had to go through the, the FIM appeals process. So it's not the first time we found ourselves here. And while there remains this weird double rulebook thing, like you say, it's going to keep happening. The, the other thing, the, the bizarre thing to me is that Yamaha haven't actually been penalised for using an illegal engine. They've been penalised for not following the protocol in changing the engine. I just don't understand how this is all... No, uh, trouble is, you sit back and look at it, they got no benefit. They, they lost two engines out of their five-engine allocation, probably because somebody somewhere said, oh, that chap will make our vowels for threepence cheaper. You know, there was nothing in it. Yet here we are. And you can't not do anything. And worse than that, you can't do half a job. They have created a situation by removing points from two of the championships that, quite frankly, I can see no legal requirement why they shouldn't be doing all three. We've been talking quite a bit today about precedence as well. This is something that came up with both team bosses. It's not that long ago since Takanagagami was Dr. Moto, th- not, not Dr. Moto 2 race win, but disqualified entirely for an illegal air filter. It's not that long since Fabio Quattararo had the same thing for a slightly off tyre pressure. Domi Agator lost a Moto 2 race because someone in the team didn't use the specified engine oil. They used what was sitting in the back of the truck. In all of those cases, the rider was disqualified. The rider lost their points. The team lost the points. The manufacturer lost the points. And everyone else moved up one place. We haven't even seen everyone else move up a place because of this. They've just removed them. It's the, the Lance Armstrong Tour de France. It never happened approach. Yeah, but as touched was touched on earlier in, in our chat, if we removed Yamaha from these point-scoring races with these engines that were wrong, in inverted commas, the, 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 the fizz will go out of the championship. And the gamesmanship and the, and the, 
the show that Carmelo Espeleta of Dorna has got to put on, it's a balancing act. I say that, some people won't agree with it. Oh, the rules are the rules and that's the way it is. But it, you've, you've, you've got to learn from the high altar of Bernie to keep the show going. I think it won't affect the championship, but if we take those Yamahas out now, it's as flat as a pancake. But what we need to do, I believe, is at least take the points off them that they got with the Duff engine. So you take 25 points off Quartararo. That's my point, Neil. It's gone. It's flat. It's gone. Uh, I'm really sorry. I, I don't want it to be, but at some point you've got to say there's a rule yeah, book. Yeah, absolutely right. By, by, by all means, rip up the rule book and start again. But you've got to follow the rule book you've got. I'm with you, Neil, and I know that you're with me because I, I'm the TV commentator <laughs> and I want the show. And I agree with you that you have to have a rule book, otherwise it's just free reign and it's out of control and it's a space race and whoa, 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 it all goes wrong. Simon, last word. Toby, you've also thrown out something interesting there by saying that Dorna want the show to go on, which of course they do. That's their job. Their job is to put on a championship. However... In, for example, Formula One, the FIA and the risk promoters are very, very separate organizations with very, very different responsibilities. What we've kind of had happen in MotoGP is a very, very strange blurring of the lines between the FIM, Dorna, ERTA, MSMA. Everything has become kind of one organization. You know, when, when the FIM Stewart sanctions someone, we find out from Dorna, not from the FIM. And that has allowed this sort of situation to emerge. But what we must do from this is find a way to unravel some of the little knots we seem to have got into. And one of them is this ridiculous protocol system. And two is a system of frozen engine design that ultimately is uncontrollable and unpoliceable. And just get rid of it and replace it with something simple like less engines. We could go on, but I think we've covered everything. Uh, I think what we will learn from this, as Neil has touched upon, is I have an expression that every rule in the rule book has actually got a little invisible name across the top of it. The, you must be in full contact with your motorcycle when you cross the finish line, is actually the Ralph Waldman rule, because he crossed the line at Suzuka one year on his ass in the wet, about 10 metres behind his motorcycle that finished the race. So they introduced a rule. So it's got this invisible <laughs> title called the Ralph Waldman Suzuka rule. Maybe, being serious, we will learn from this with a new rule, and maybe Neil has half written it for them with the FIM. So uh, we shall see. Uh, thank you, Simon Patterson, on the ground there at uh, Valencia. Uh, thank you, Neil, from MotoGPTechnology.com. Our next MotoGP podcast <laughs> will be a bit longer than this, and it certainly will be full of more drama, because whatever we've learned from this 2020 season is, if ever you predict something, the day after, you're completely wrong. So we'll speak to you after the race on Monday. Keep in touch with the-race.com and at We Are The Race. Speak to you soon. Goodbye for now.